0: Before we begin, a simple answer, simple question. Billings, donkey, total victim Good guy, yeah. of circumstances.
1: Yeah.
0: Close, guy created a miracle. Opened his mouth, and he 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 said what he needed to say. Was did was he killed? Yeah.
1: Opened his big mouth. No, but the so the is question. Just, well, yeah, question. Let everybody we'll hear the let us question. In on this. Going on? Let us in on the question. Listen, they made a movie out of the guy, you know. So the question uh, is that uh, Balaam's donkey, you know, whatever happened to Balaam's donkey? That's everybody wants to know. What happened to Balaam's donkey? Right. So. Uh, so. Uh, the answer is uh, that the Torah tells us that uh, that uh, if you remember what had the story, so the Bilam is getting his feet crushed, and he's whipping the donkey. Then the donkey sits down, and he's whipping him. And finally, the angel appears and says, uh, "You didn't realize that I was coming to get you. If not for the donkey, you would have been dead." And the expression is is that if not. Uh, for the fact that the donkey stopped, you would have been dead and the donkey would have lived. So the donkey, so what happened to the donkey? So it says that the donkey had to die. Why did the donkey have to die? So that Bilaam should not be embarrassed because every time everybody's gonna see that donkey, or that's the donkey that outfoxed Bilaam or whatever, you know, know, uh, outdid Bilaam or outangel Bilaam. And therefore to preserve the dignity of Bilaam, the donkey died. Now, there are two questions. Um, first of all this is a, you ever wonder how did Balaam get to where he was going if his donkey was dead this is a good question I don't know the answer to that question
0: maybe, but uh,
1: maybe he rented a donkey yeah, he rented donkey okay good yeah, alright fine so he got a flat so the but what happened so why did the donkey deserve to die uh, so one has to understand and uh, the point there's a, there's a message here. animals are not people animals live or die by purpose people live or die by merit there's a difference between the two a donkey doesn't live or die by their merits it's, it's whatever is necessary at that moment so therefore if Hashem feels it's necessary for the animal to die for the furtherance of man right, so therefore the animal will die he doesn't have a personal there's no judgment it's not a judgment says that God didn't sit in judgment and decide the fate of the donkey right? I mean, animals are not people they don't have souls in that sense they don't have souls of people man on the other hand is has uh, has both free will and uh, man has um um divine j- ju- um divine divine um divine um judgment individual divine uh, i forgot the fancy word for it but uh, divine uh, divine uh, unique to him and uh, therefore Providence. Providence, thank you. Okay. Yes, yes, whatever. Divine providence. Meaning is that God, each person is tailor-made to what that person needs. Right? Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Whatever it is that that person is, is meant for that individual. And uh, therefore, is a donkey die. You have that by Elijah. If you remember the story of Leo in the Midrash, the Midrash paints it more than the Tanakh. Tanakh says that Leo had a showdown. Right? He had a big showdown between himself and Baal, who was covered on all the networks. Right, and uh, everybody wanted to know what would happen. The people thronged to to uh, see what was going to happen in the showdown, yeah. right so he had four hundred and fifty <coughs> he had four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, right I think it was two sects, four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, and Elio on the other side so Elio set the rules for the showdown right big and uh, they discussed it, but uh, there were rules for this um uh, for this great, uh, you know, presidential debate. And uh, the rules were that uh, they had to bring down fire from heaven and uh, consume the altar upon which the animal will have been slaughtered. So, Eliyahu deferred to the other side that they could go first. Right? I don't know if they flipped for it, but uh, he deferred that the other side could go first. And uh, they wanted to go first. So, The Eliyahu, okay, let's bring two bulls. So they bring two bulls and he gives over the bull, right? He gives the, the, for some reason they're on Eliyahu's side. So he gives the reign over to the 450 prophets uh, to take him and slaughter him. So he uh, didn't move. He was a bull. He didn't move. So they pulled harder and he uh, pulled harder. Right, the gate didn't go. So Elio went to go talk to him because he was holding up the show. The ha- show had to go on. So he tells him, uh, What is? You know, what gives? Right, so he tells him, uh, It's not fair. Say, so What's not fair? He says, Listen, we were both born from one mother. We were twins, right? The, the bulls were twins because they wanted to show that they had equal sacrifices. So he, they were twins. So why does he get to go on the altar of God? And I got to go to the altar of Baal. I'm not going. So Elio told him, you're here to bring about the sanctity of God. Sometimes the sanctity of God is going to be on the altar, and sometimes the sanctity of God is going to be on the altar of God, and sometimes going to be the altar of Baal. Right? And, that's, uh, and he told him he has to go. Then he handed over his reins. He says, so you walk me. So he handed over the reins. And that's the idea, but uh, the animal is there, right? That's his purpose. His animal's purpose is to bring about, you know, it's, it's just a serving HaKadosh Baruch, serving God. So now the, this, this animal had completed his service, the, the donkey. He had done his service, but he there, he subs, he's um, s- um, subservient to man. And therefore, if it would be an embarrassment even to Bilam Harasha, the evil Bilaam, the animal had to die. So That was, uh, that was the story. Can I, can I oh, sorry, I'm not sure how it would go in the movie, but uh, that's how it happened in the midrash. Uh,
0: I'm sorry. I don't
1: want really to take away from question. Oh, just, uh, real, so, so I heard from, from uh, one of the rabbis, like uh, Rabbi David and he said that um, with regards to the donkey, he said the way Milam attained his, his powers, I guess you could say, is he had to reach... The uh, deepest levels. apex of, of tuma, yeah. And so he he used he lived the, with donkey the donkey, yeah. and Very but, good. But yeah. That's also why the donkey had to die is because he used him for, for that reason. Is from what, so is uh, that yeah. is that also true? Or? Uh, definitely. Uh, first of all, Rabbi Kaplan said it, it must be true. Uh, but uh, but there is an idea that that uh, an animal that has relations with the person would die. Yeah, right. there is such a concept. There is such a concept that the animal who have relations, um, would die, um. And it asks the question in San yeah. actually, and it gives the answer you gave. So that people wouldn't be able to go,
0: that's, that's the right, animal. Right, that's right. animal. Right. That's you could have, okay, have multiple, uh, yeah. you can have multiple yeah. reasons right. why the, the animal dies. So, from that same Gamora that Glenn and I are learning, comes another question with My indulgence for taking up the time to ask, but I'm not comfortable with something that we, between us, talked about. And that's that when God creates something, it's perfect. There's no question about it. Okay? So, we have man, and we have our animal instincts, and we have, you know, the Yitzhakov, you know, the side of our Neshama that allows us to make decisions and know right from wrong and so on. But the animal side is still there. And so we're learning in Sanhedrin, you know, as it relates to cohabitation uh, between starting off dealing with uh, a, a mother having relations with her son, and then, the mother ha- then a son having relations with the father's mother, which is not his mother. And then it evolves to the daughter-in-law. And, and So now we're at the point today where we're learning about bestiality. We're learning about you know, where a person, uh, a man, has sex with an animal, a woman has sex with an animal, and of course, men having sex with men. This all of this mishigas. So that's where we're at in the moral And what comes up as a question to me is the poor animal. I mean, the
1: animal is created perfect. So, so it says, it says uh, this answer. It says this answer, that the animal is not punished. There's no punishment for the animal. The animal is not a person. The animal doesn't have free will. There's no punishment for the animal. It's a consequence. Because the avaria was done through it, right? The animal has to die, but it's not. It's, it's not like man dies. Man dies because he's being punished. Uh, I mean, where, where he gets the court order to be killed, right? Man gets because punished. It says over that the animal is not punished. It's a consequence. As I'm meaning is, an avaria was done through it, and therefore it gets killed, right? Because it brought about. It's not. It's it's, it's not free will. There's a difference between free will. And a consequence. It's a consequence. That, that that's just the, the way it was used. When an animal is shechted, it's dead, right? The an animal gets killed. It's also dead. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's part of the use. It's part of the who can't have in his world something that brought about. It says a consequence for him having brought for it for having been brought out a sin through it. It gets killed. It's not a punishment. It's a consequence. Right, and therefore is uh, th- that that would be the uh, difference. The same thing is as, I mean, it should never, ever happen about when we talk about children um, passing away for the sins of their parents, right? Um, right, so that's an idea. It's not a punishment to the child, I mean. It's not a punishment to the child. It's a consequence. Again, I'm not saying that it ever happened, but that, the conceptual idea, right? You have to the conceptual idea is, uh, is that idea. just close with one halacha regarding the, the regarding um, uh, Tisha B'Av uh, so we talked about uh, we already talked about shoes and uh, we talked um, um, uh, so about fasting uh, so uh, this year it has it's more strict than last year last year was a nidcha and therefore there were more leniencies. so this year everybody that is able that is healthy um, has to fast and, uh, and uh, be strict and uh, that uh, one should fast. Uh, the fast is one of the more, is the longer ones. It's the 25 hour fast. Uh, so the fast begins either from when you finish your break meal, your, your pre-meal uh, and you bench or if you have in mind that you're, and you say you're gonna be drinking a little bit more later, um, a, a few minutes before sundown. So sundown I think is 7. 50 or eight o'clock, 8 o'clock, I think Alan said, 8 o'clock. So, a few minutes before that, one should make sure that one takes their uh, last sip of Gatorade or whatever you need to help you survive. Um, so, uh, one should uh, be, take heed. In terms of the meal before that, right, so we have a mourner's meal. We know that a mor- normally after the funeral, lo right, that person comes back from the funeral, so he's given bread and an egg. He's giving bread and an egg. Right, The staff of life and uh, an egg, which is around the cycle of life. Uh, but it's known as the mourner's meal. Because of that message of the mourner's meal, we have it on Tisha B'av. Now, there's only one problem. You can't eat on Tisha B'av. That's when you should eat it. You should eat it on Tisha B'av. The answer is you can't eat on Tisha B'av. So if you can't eat on Tisha so you have to eat it before Tisha B'av. And that's why we eat it. It's the last thing that we eat. Um, one doesn't have to eat it a minute before. You can eat it, uh, you know, it always ends up that way. But you can eat it a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour before Right, You have just the plain egg dipped in ash, or bread dipped in ash, and uh, the bread, it's a simple meal uh, together with water. right? And then you would say, uh, benching, you would say grace after meals. Um, and it's supposed to be eaten with a little bit of solitude. It, we sit on the floor when we eat the meal because, again, we're mimicking, uh, not mimicking, we're acting, we're, we're, we're conducting ourselves, better word, um, as a mourner. Uh, and that's called uh, some say uh, Zesudas Tishav. This is the meal of Tishavav, right? And this is one aspect of Karay Alay Moed, right? Uh, it's called a holiday, so we know every holiday has its themes. So this is one. There'll be other explanations uh, you'll hear um, over the Karay Alay Moed. It's it's the, it's a festival. A festival has its uh, all of its rituals, if you will, all of its actions. So this is one of the actions of Tishavav. Right? So now, that's not the only thing you eat. You could eat more, you should eat more in the day prior. But this would be the last meal. So typically, uh, you would eat uh, sometime later in the day. You would have a meal. You wash. You don't wash. You do wash. You want to have a lot of carbs, because that's what's going to carry you. Right? And then you would have a break in between. And then you would have this meal, what's called the pre-fast meal of Tisha B'Av. Right uh, and uh, eaten as we said uh, in a mournful way, and then you say grace after meals, and that grace after meals is very important because you, there we have all of the themes, right? Of Uv rachim, no, Hashem should have mercy, right? should have mercy. Uvnei he should build uh, Jerusalem, right? And uh, recognizing, and then that final bracha is the Bar Kochva rebellion bracha. That after the Bar Kochva rebellion, millions of Jews were, million Jews were killed in Betar. Right, the city wasn't allowed to be buried, right, and uh, all the Jews were killed and the Romans uh, wanted to show their strength and their their brutality. They didn't allow the Jews to bury their dead and they remained like they, that way for years and then when the Jews came back, right, when the, when the emperor died and they were able to come back so then they, they, they found that not only were they able to bury but they came back and the bodies were still whole, miraculously, nobody had decayed and they did the burial and that's the fourth blessing Right, we thank God, Hatov, that God, Hatov, uh, Hatov, That's some of the words, right? That who uh, hated who metiv, Yatev Lano. God does good for us. He did good for us, right? That even in and, and that became the fourth bracha of benching. Why is that a good? Why, why do we? Why do we want to mention that? Is because it's showing us that even in our lowest point. After the, after, not only after the destruction of the Temple, after the loss of Bar Kochva, after the destruction of Beta, after we were, we were the lowest of the low, we were hopeless of the hopeless, even then God remembers us. Hashem sh- showed us divine light, right? And therefore gave us, um, a, a, gave us a, a message of hope and inspiration. Right. And therefore, that's a very right that, that a Jew knows. that no matter how high or how low he falls, he's always Hakadosh Baruch Hu's uh, children. And we'll end uh, on the ideas. It's interesting. You're gonna re- we're gonna read in the, in, the in, 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 in in later in Devarim, right? That you have the curses. So you have how did the how did the work? So by Sinai, Moses was on top, and the people were on the bottom. In in, later in Devarim we're going to be talked about after the children of Israel enter the land of Israel. So you're going to have six tribes on Mount Gerizim, six tribes on Mount Avil, and the Levium are going to be in the middle, in the bottom, I mean, in the valley. It's the opposite. The opposite. So what's this idea? We understand the brachis, you want to be on the high. Right. So it really is what they should have done is they should have had the the blessing in the middle, the Levi in the middle, the, the blessing on the top, the Levi in the middle and the curses on the bottom. I mean, that's normally how you would do it. You have the people on the top, curses. That's a beautiful explanation on this message, that God is telling us, the Jewish people, you're always great, right? No matter where you are, you're always great. Even when we fail, we fail big time, right? Whatever we do, we do well, right? But the answer is, is that G-d, who punishes us in an extreme fashion, something that's illogical, when we go down, we go to the deepest of the deep. Meaning, even in our depths of our of of, of our punishment, it's in it's abnormal, right? And that's to tell us that everything comes from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And we're going to speak about the stories of the destruction. God, hopefully not, but uh, Mashiach comes. But to we'll speak about the destruction, so some of the stories. Are outrageous, the story of the daughter of, uh, of Naktimun ben Gurion? I think was the name, right, that he was the wealthiest of the wealthiest of the wealthiest, and his daughter, the Gemara, says, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, she was trying to get a kernel of barley out of the dung of the donkey. Right, it's a horrific story, and he said, Ashreichem Yisrael, lucky are you, I'm way over time, oh, I'm sorry, lucky are you Israel, what lucky are you Israel? What lucky are you Israel? The answer is, is that, that it's, it's not normal. It's not normal. That means God is involved. If God is involved, right, that's the Jewish people. The relationship between God and the Jewish people is that even in our lowest of our low, we're the greatest of the great, right? We recognize HaKadosh Baruch, presence, even in the most difficult of circumstances, Hashem, we should see only joy and happiness. <laughs>